these guys survive the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls. All right, boys, let's pop open the standings here. Let's just, in fact, would you guys mind? Got got Judd here, the the OG Timberwolves guy here. Judd with his 1989 Timberwolves notepad. Mm-hmm. I, I survived the Jimmy Rogers era. Screw David Kahn. <laughs> Jimmy Rogers, man. Jimmy Rogers. Okay, I will say, I can't believe you uttered the name Jimmy Rogers. Who was he? The first coach or second? Second. He replaced second Muss. coach. And, yeah. Okay, that's right. Muss into Jimmy Rogers. Jimmy Rogers' name will come up in one of my takes. Oh my God! Those wolves takes. Wow. Yeah. Early '90s wow. Timberwolves reference here. Uh, but would you guys mind if we just spent the first 15 minutes just staring silently with smiles at the NBA standings? Would the audience mind that? We'll just just ogling at the standings. Timberwolves 19 and five after another victory over the Pacers. Now they keep getting these teams without their star players. Like Halliburton it was a back to back, and Halliburton wasn't playing. But whatever, mm-hmm. just. These are games that even without the star player that the Wolves would have trouble closing a lot last year and in yes. the last 20 years, right? Yes. So they're currently 19-5, and five, a half game behind Boston for the best record in the entire league. Three games clear of the Oklahoma City Thunder, three and a half clear of both the Mavericks and the Nuggets, five games clear of the Nuggets in the loss column right now. Uh, and if you're a Wolves fatalist who still isn't quite sure about this whole thing, oh, they could still slip out of the playoff run. Uh, the Golden State Warriors are currently eight games behind the Timberwolves overall, nine games back in the loss column. They represent the cutoff line for the play-in, so I think we're safe. I was going to say, what type of slump, what type of prolonged, enormous I know. slump, you know, short of guys, short of uh, 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 Edwards and Gobert and don't, Towns nope, don't even all, like, speak that colliding on the court by accident, <laughs> but, I, I mean, my God. I mean, this team, I'll continue – to say it, this team is just flat out good. Yeah, and by the way, uh, here I'll give you Phil's Wolves take number one here on this show. And Judd, you were—I had to go watch this game back because Declan and I were enjoying ourselves at the uh, Hubbard Holiday Party on Saturday, checking the score. You were locked in with Notepad, so I we're going to—we're going to trust you. Yeah. So uh, take number one is smart people around the league have taken notice. And they don't have to say these things, right? Like Rick Carlisle, one of the really good coaches of the last 20 years in the NBA. And he said this, this is one of the best teams on the planet. These guys have really got it going here. The building is alive. The environment is way different than it used to be. I take my hat off to Tim Connolly and his operation for everything they've done. New ownership as well. Rick Carlisle. I think that's going to keep coming. And I I think that that's going to be one of the reasons why the national media is going to begin to talk more about this team, because, you know, the Rick Carlisle's of the world talk to guys like Woj, right? They talk to um, the national um, broadcasters, the national print guys. And so like, I think that this is going to be like, you can't, you can't ignore this. It's not a fluke. It's not a nice stretch where it's like, okay, yeah, but it's the Timberwolves and they're going to be, so I, I think what he said is going to be um, echoed by a lot of people. And, and I do think that for Wolves fans frustrated that the team is not nationally getting as much attention as they think this club should, it's coming. Okay. And that's and, okay. It doesn't, but it's coming too. It's coming. You'll, you'll get yours. Um, and so like, it's fine for right now, 
But yeah, it's a look, you cannot go into and Phil, you you've been to a bunch of games too. You can't go to Target Center right now and not feel a vibe that you occasionally would feel like in the past four years, right? Mm-hmm. Like for certain games, like the play-in game. Oh, it was unbelievable. Playing game was great fun. Um, but that's now every night. That's now like a Monday night. Like, think about that for a second. So, it's yes, great. Rick Carlisle is saying what I think we're going to see a lot more of, which is they've done a great job. But also, again, Timberwolves fans, pat yourself on the back. You've been through hell. You've been through a lot. And and you are showing out now in a huge way. And the Wolves are currently there. Let's see here. They're eleven and one at home. The Celtics are fourteen and zero at home. I'm trying to find other one loss teams. The the Bucks are fourteen and two. The Rockets are eleven and one at home and two and nine on the road. <laughs> so there's unbeatable are at an home. Interesting team. Well, they're young. They're immature, but they're now they've got the coach in place. Right. They've got, got talent. So it does make sense that. Young, immature, but well-coached would dial in at home, but maybe lose some focus on the road. Sure. But, yeah, I think, too, because I have heard these discussions on some of the national podcasts and and national, like, TV shows that talk NBA, and there's a lot of the same sort of, okay, we still think the Nuggets are the team to knock off in the West. And that's fair, by the way. Even though the Nuggets are five games back in the loss column from the Timberwolves, three and a half back, they're going to be there. They still have the best player on the planet, so... Seating wise, they might not be the team that you have to run through in the West, but I think it's fair to say, okay, who's going to knock off the Nuggets? But those discussions largely have not included the Timberwolves. But if you start mm-hmm. to go through and say, okay, who really is going to challenge the Nuggets in a seven game series? It ain't the current version of the Warriors. In fact, they wouldn't even be in the plan right now. Yeah, they're a mess. The Phoenix Suns are really interesting at full strength, but they're not at full strength often enough to really know what that whole thing looks like. I also worry about their depth coming off the bench, but like Bradley Beal is supposed to be the third guy and he he can't stay on the court. I mean, I'd still take Devin Booker and Kevin Durant against almost anyone in a seven-game series to make it competitive, but right now they are the 10 seed in the Western Conference. So they'd have to go through two rounds of playing just to get in, and then if they did that, they would potentially face the Timberwolves in the first round. You know, though, how these national talking heads work on ESPN and everything else, especially if the Warriors do get through the plan and it's a one through eight, there's going to be people picking the Warriors and calling the Wolves a fraudulent one seed because yeah. of the Wolves, like because of the Wolves not ever being there and because of the Warriors <laughs> still having their court, even though they're aging. Like, you know that if that matches up, which it very well could, like the Wolves could play the, uh, the Warriors in a first round playoff series, you're going to get a good amount of talking heads saying the, the Warriors will win that series. Yeah. Another team, too, like the Pelicans, again, when and if Zion is healthy and playing and they've got their full allotment, that's one of the deepest teams in the NBA. They're currently the seven seed. They're in the play-in. So there's a lot of time left, and the landscape's going to change. There's going to be trades. But I think it's it's interesting to note that the Pelicans and the Suns are two of the teams that I would be looking to not have to deal with. And some of these teams might just stumble in the play-in or you know, one guy might get knocked out by the other or something. So, and the Warriors aren't even in it right now. Uh, take number two for you. This remains as proven again on Saturday, the best situation Carl Anthony Towns could be in, maybe in the league. We've talked about, and we've been leading the trade conversations throughout the last couple of years at times on this show. So I will own that, but right. boy, could, is there a way you could get him to the Knicks to Brooklyn, we we even talked like Portland, and Scoot Henderson has been pretty under. He had a pretty good game a couple nights ago, but like pretty underwhelming. Can't really shoot yet. Mm-hmm. So all these different like 
what situation could he find himself in? I mean, what's he going to be? Is he going to be the lead guy on like a 30 win team and put up a bunch of numbers? Or can he put up a bunch of numbers as the, as he put it, by the way, in a quote, as one of the planets and not the sun. I love the way that Cap put this. This is from Dane Moore. I asked Carl Anthony Towns about shooting 25 shots tonight and how that used to be something he was asked to do often, but not as much anymore. He scored 40 points. Uh, just what that dynamic shifting has been like for him. Cat said he's now not the sun, but one of the planets. Cat hmm. continued to say, we've got a lot of great players in here, and my job is to figure out how to obviously be aggressive and maximize my talents for the team, but also... In those talents, how can I make everybody else better? So the Wolves, over the past couple of years, have taken a super max contract guy who, from an ego standpoint, had been like the face and the savior of the franchise, or at least looked at that way, for many years. And they have somehow, with egos fully removed, worked out a situation where he can be one of the planets, as he put it, and not the sun, and it's not like an uncomfortable situation. He's kind of loving it. You know, we've talked about the Kevin, like Kevin Love, it was determined by the organization, you know, a decade ago. He's yeah, he's paid, he's a max guy, but he's not like the leader of a team that is going to go deep in the Western Conference playoffs. So they decided, well, there's no way. Once we've decided that, he got all, his ego got bruised and he got offended. And then he started to be sullen Kevin Love and he stopped smiling in media sessions and stuff. And he had to go. Because it was like, oh, they don't think of me as the leader of a franchise, so I have to go somewhere else and be the third guy. Cat is basically the third guy. Gobert, number one on defense. Ant, number one, face of the franchise, number one offensive option most nights. He's basically the third guy here, and he seems to love it, and it's working perfectly for them. So bra- bravo for pulling this thing off. The Timberwolves did it. So I ran into on, on X this weekend, I ran into the Cat Defenders. The cat fans. Well, he deserves it, dude. Like he's and, awesome this season. No, no, no. I'm talking about the ones who 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 are are like because I tweeted exactly what you just said out. I said I think after that Boston game, something changed. This guy's been great. He's kept his like he's that Boston game. He was a non-factor. He pouted. He whined. He did all the crap that I was like, I can't take this. Ever since then, complete credit to Cat. He's been it's been yeah. unbelievable. He's fit in perfectly. And I tweeted something changed after that and I think it's interesting. And I got back it's you who changed. He's never been any different. It's you who who has <laughs> decided that he's different, but he's always been the same guy. He has always been in with Ant and he's always been a great teammate and blah blah blah. And the reality is that's just not true. That's just not true and he deserves just like Cousins did when when O'Connell came in and Kirk really changed as far as I thought his actions, um, and and you know what the, the similarities between Kirk and Cat as far as like output is interesting because to me it's an apples to apples comparison because Kirk Cousins when we were down on Kirk was still putting up good good stats and a lot of times Cat was too but you watched the games and you said what are you really doing to benefit your team and every night now. Carl Anthony Towns is doing positive things. I don't see him moaning and complaining. If he does complain, it's quick. Yeah, this guy deserves a boatload of credit, but don't try to convince anybody that he has not changed. He has changed for the better. And I would argue that because he's changed, my feeling about this team has also changed greatly. Gone gone from being, what are you going to do with Cat to, oh my God, no, he is part of the puzzle. He's part of the solution. 
Yeah, I would I would say a couple things on this. So there's there's the pre Gobert version of Cat where he was largely playing the five. They didn't have loaded teams. They had a good team a couple of years ago where they did win, you know, whatever it was, 44, 46 games, and they go to the they go to the plan, the Pat Bev year. And he played 74 games. He was very productive offensively. A lot anecdotally, a lot more complaining and some of that stuff that kind of derailed games. Certainly, like in the postseason, there were some derailments against Memphis. So I would say, I guess if you're watching him since the Boston game and you don't think there's been just a more professional and focused approach compared to it. And he wasn't like that every night where he would be kind of spastic and whatever, but let me go through like, how is he different? He's playing the same amount of minutes. Exactly. 33 minutes a game compared to last year. Okay. Now last year, that's a tough lift because he's being asked to play a different position with Gobert on the court. He's being asked to take a step down and sort of like stature in the organization then he misses the 50-plus games with an injury, so he should be better this year than last year. But just to illustrate it, same amount of minutes. His scoring is up two points a game. His fouls are way down by a half a foul per game, which that, that's significant. It's actually his lowest fouls per game total since 2019. So he has limited the fouls. Uh, his rebounding is up. His effective field goal percentage is up. His three-point percentage is the highest of his career. It's up seven percentage points from last year. His overall field goal percentage is up. His win share value is way up. His defensive value is way up. So some of it, too, is like you got a bunch of good players around you. you got Mike Conley, who's being, he's a great organizer, and you can kind of focus on things that, that help fill those gaps. So some of it's system, some of it's culture, some of it's him just dialing it in and being a much better player. To put it in its simplest terms, he's not fighting it, though, and that's what I absolutely love. It, it felt like previously he was fighting the role a bit because the, the thing about it that nobody's ever disagreed or I think argued about is this. The dude's talent is amazing. Like, he is an amazing, and that's the frustrating thing. We, we don't get down on guys who aren't talented, and then it's like, well, where's the talent? Well, it's just not there, right? What was frustrating about Carl previously is this guy had all of these things going for him, three-point shooting, ability to play the five, uh, just all of this stuff, and he was fighting it. It felt like he was – it felt like there were demons that didn't need to be there, and now they're gone, and he fits in perfectly. It's He was, I think, through that Boston game, he was the, the piece of the puzzle that you can't get uh, bleep and fit. That's what it felt like puzzle. that night. Yeah, and and you're trying to put that puzzle. And it's like this should fit. Since then, it's been great. But the thing is, like, and this was always, this was always the best case scenario. Is man, if you could get that piece to fit somehow, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's literally a seven foot unicorn who who can he can bomb threes like Steph Curry in terms of percentage. He can rebound, he can pass, he can dribble drive, he can do all these crazy things. And, man, if he can hold his own defensively, which he is, now there's a whole salary cap, luxury tax thing to figure out in about you know six or seven months from now that seemed like an obvious thing two or three months ago. It was, well, they're just going to trade Cat. But if they, if they stay as the number one seed in the Western Conference and he is this version that fits this well with this puzzle... It's a it's a champagne problem as a very expensive champagne problem as Quasi Adolfo Mensa, the Vikings GM would say. Might need some champagne. <laughs>
to get through that problem. Oh, my God. I see what you did there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, take number three. I'm going to tee you up for this one because I know you've you've right. got some third quarter stuff. But uh, last year in the third quarter, the Timberwolves ranked 22nd in the NBA in net margin. So they, they were outscored in the third quarter. They were 21st in net margin. This year, second in the NBA. It's a it's a net margin turnaround of five and a half points per third quarter. The only team better in the third quarter has been the Philadelphia 76ers. So they, they would go from, all right, Wolves have a nice little lead at halftime here. Come on out. Let's start strong. 12-0 run. <laughs> and now they're, you know, oh, now the game's tied. Or now they're, oh, they're up by 15. Now they're down by seven going into the fourth quarter. It felt like that happened all the time. But they are one of the best third quarter teams in the NBA, Judd. Yes, and on on Saturday they outscored the Pacers in the third, thirty-eight to twenty-three. May I submit a nickname for these Wolves, please? The Daggermeisters, because what they're coming <laughs> out and doing in the third quarter is they are daggering their foe. They are literally coming out, and and you know what? NBA game flows are sort of weird. Like, yes, it can be a a bad team against a good team, and it can be close at the half, and and you're not shocked by it. Like, that's not a – they should be up by 40 or something like that. No, no, no. But they are the Dagger Meisters because what they are doing, too, like now it. is they are mm-hmm. coming out in the third, and they are taking away – and this is one of the most important things in sports. They are taking away their opponent's will to win. They are basically saying, bleep you. And that's one thing we're not talking about enough. So, like, when we talk about – NBA teams. I think the Timberwolves, what they've shown here, you guys, they are mentally really tough, which they've never been. I mean, they have not been that way in a long time. But, no. like, they they are and, – and that's where Cat fitting in helps because I think Cat alone is not really mentally tough. But he's almost building off the power of his teammates now. And Ant, mentally tough. Uh, Gobert, the way he plays, is tough. Like, when people are afraid to try to drive – you are tough. You you get street cred for that. Uh, when he can play, Jaden McDaniels, I think, is a beast. Like, I think he is an SOB to play against. I think one thing, and the third quarter success is indicative of this, the Dagger Meister philosophy and lifestyle is to be mentally tough and to take away the will of your opponent to continue competing. Yeah, and so I like the Dagger, the Dagger Meisters. It also leads to if you if you have a lead at halftime and you can create more separation in the third quarter. Guess what? It gives your starting players a chance to kind of take it easy in the fourth. You could rest up. You don't have to be in these fights every single night. I would call those Garza games. We want to see more Garza games. <laughs> Garza games. I love that. And so far this season, the Wolves have had five Garza games out of what? So they're eight, 19 and five, right? So their their Garza game rate is is about one in every five. That's a that's a good a, a Garza game. Yep. If Garza can get in twenty it games, it means you were far enough ahead at yep. the end for him to come in for three minutes and just do his Luca Garza, the Garza stat, the Garza game stat. Yep, I mean that's a pretty good rate. I would say one in every five games. Let your starters take a load off a little early. Put a towel around their head, towel on their knees, ice up. Gobert especially. Yep, get, like get, that's a nice one. Get him off his feet. I like yeah. it. I like it. I have one more take for you that also involves some trivia. Okay. After we shout out our friends at Sound Story here. So if you are procrastinating, and my goodness, it is 
December 18th today, you might not even be able to get your gifts shipped to you in time. So you're looking for a great gift idea. Let me introduce you to Sound Story. So, for example, my grandfather passed away 15 years before I was born. He fought in World War II. He played football at Notre Dame. Uh, he pitched once against Satchel Paige in a semi-professional baseball. Like, all these crazy life stories. And he died before I was born. I never heard his voice. Never heard him tell these stories. That's where Sound Story comes in. It's like a podcast in which the guest is one of the most important people in your life, capturing their story in professional studio quality audio and or video with a professional interviewer or me. I'm also listed on the professional interviewer section of the Minneapolis, mysoundstory.com starting at three ninety nine, but you can get 10% off a gift certificate for sound story at mysoundstory.com promo code purple. That's mysoundstory.com promo code purple. Sound story for you, for them, forever. Let's also talk about uh, Summit Orthopedics here, gentlemen. So Summit Orthopedics is here to help you with any type of pain you're dealing with. Could be back pain, neck, maybe you're on the injured list or something. You twisted your ankle. I don't know. Uh, No referrals are needed at Summit Orthopedics. They offer same-day appointments. If you're really hurting, they also offer walk-in orthopedic urgent care seven days a week starting at 8 a.m. 25 locations in the Twin Cities in greater Minnesota. You can learn more at summitortho.com. That's summitortho.com. Okay. Here's the fourth take. Phil's Wolves takes today, accompanied by Judd's takes from Saturday night because Declan and I were enjoying ourselves. Bunch of drinks in. Yeah. Uh, The Timberwolves, it's more of a fact than a take, but the Timberwolves have already matched or surpassed their season win totals for six different years in franchise history. We are halfway through December. All right. We aren't even to the Christmas games. Right. And there have been six different Wolves teams in franchise history that had 19 wins or fewer. And uh, the latest team that the Wolves passed on that list, thanks for Kyle for pointing this out, Kyle Taggy on Twitter. The 1992-1993 Timberwolves were a 19-63 and dumpster fire disaster. My guy. Yeah, these Wolves would have to lose 58 consecutive games to finish the season to uh, to equal that 19 and 63 record. Coached by Jimmy Rogers, we're going to put. I'm assuming Declan probably doesn't know much about the 92 93 Wolves, but you do. can accompany Judd on this trivia venture. If okay. You to. I'm just going to ask you some questions. No, let's do it this way. Can you name who took over for Jimmy Rogers as coach? And then how many players can you name on that 92 93 Timberwolves team? I think Sidney Lowe did. Sidney Lowe took over. Look at this guy. Nice work. Uh, North Carolina State's Sidney yep. Lowe, right? Yep. And then he wasn't got, he on I, the Jim Valvano team that? Yes, pretty sure he was. He was on the he was on the team that beat Houston, and then, um, I, if I'm not mistaken, he got the full time job. Nice. And he then did it for a couple been, years. It might have been Bill, Bill Blair. Blair. Bill Blair after him. Bill Blair was great. And then flip. Just a salty SOB. So there were 15 Wolves that played at least a game in 1992-93. I don't expect you to name anywhere near all 15, but can you name a handful? Was Felton Spencer on that team? 71 games. Four and a half rebounds. Four four points, four and a half rebounds for Felton Spencer. 92-93. Was Pooh still around? Pooh Richardson? Who Richardson had just departed. He was oh, not on this team. Um, when did Shaq get drafted? The Well, my answer to that will give you the answer, right? 
the year oh. before. The year before. So. Leitner. Leitner, yeah. Christian Leitner, right? Would be on that team. Um, Felton Spencer was on that team. So was was Luke Longley still around? Or or had he gone the Bulls? Luke Longley? Because he was traded Three to the Bulls. Bulls. Luke Longley? Yeah, because he was traded to the Bulls for uh, Stacey King, who's now the analyst, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. on Bulls games. Okay, backcourt. Uh, so Luke Longley the... started 25 games. Felton Spencer started 48 games that year. Wow. So who was the... Um... So 92-93, Pooh was gone. Who was the point guard? I, I I feel like that's oh oh uh Sam Mitchell. Was Sam on Mitchell team? was not on this team. He was not? No. Oh, okay. I thought he was still around. Um okay, then that might answer part of my question. Although was he feels, with Indiana at this time? This feels early. Back. Michael Thompson? Uh Michael Thompson. Oh, you're thinking of Michael Williams. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to give you that one. Michael Thompson Michael was, was okay, a goal so, who played for the Lakers. So was Sam Mitchell traded to the Pacers in the Michael Williams trade? Let's and look if you, here. And, and Michael was one of the originators in this state of the plantar yeah. fasciitis rage. Oh, okay. So yeah, Sam, this was Sam's first year in Indy, in Indiana, and then was he three in, years and came back. And was he in that trade, does it say? Yeah. With his he trade was, history? Basketball reference coming through here. So it was uh, it was Sam Mitchell and Pooh Richardson to the okay. Pacers for Michael Williams and another player that was on this team and started started 75 games. Second, it's the third leading scorer on this team. Came from that Pacers trade. Third leading scorer. This is, yeah, this is deep cut. There's one pretty obvious one that you're missing, I would say. Okay. So and then this other guy that I'm referencing is, you'll be like, oh... But he's, but he's very prominent. As... Okay, so hold on a second. So we've got Leitner, we got Michael Williams, <laughs> we've got um, Longley. Yeah, Spencer. Felton Spencer. Sounds pretty good so far, Dex. All right. Um, this is really good. Yeah, there's not uh, there's um, not a ton of household names on this 92-93, 19 win okay, team. Okay, I'm curious if this guy was still around. Now, he might have been gone. Because he was on uh, Thurl Bailey. Wow. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, this is a, this is a, a class. A, a ge- this they, is, they got him for the Jazz. This is impressive. Mm-hmm. Thurl was great. He was a really good player for the dude, Jazz I in was, the 80s. Dude, the night of the snowstorm, I made Don go to the Jazz Wolves opener, home opener. <laughs> we got stuck. 394 <laughs> was under construction. Climbing my, my caravan literally got stuck going up a hill. Don was freaking out. I had to gun it like three times to get back up Ray. the hill. And that, <laughs> that game was like like me um, and, and 25 of my closest friends. That place was empty. Yeah, and amazing. Thurl Bailey, as I recall, started Thurl that game. Bailey. Oh, so I'm, am I missing one obvious one? So I would say I didn't even count Thurl Bailey as an obvious one. You just pulled okay. that one. That was incredible. Okay, I'll give okay. you like sixty more seconds. Yeah, I was gonna say um, or thirty more seconds, maybe. We got to record a twin show too. Is Tony Campbell still there? No, no Tony, no yep. Tony Campbell. On this one. So Doug yep. West. Oh, was, Doug was West. their leading scorer in nineteen points a game. I bought him a drink once, or or no, my friend did at at the Pacific Club. Blew us off completely. My buddy, what? Doug West blew you off at the Pacific Club. We saw D- Doug West, and 
at that time, the Pacific Club was all the rage. Where was and the Pacific Club? It was um, it was on the corner of Hennepin. It that brown sort of stone building on the corner, right down from Lions Pub. There, okay. There's on the corner right there. There's a building. It's been a bunch of different things. It was it became a different club where I think Warren Moon went a ton. But Pacific <laughs> Club was like the OG, as I recall. We saw D- Doug West bought him a drink. I'm like, oh, Doug West will talk to us. Of course he. Just He's like, away. no, get out of my face. He's like, yeah, I'm, me. I'm a National Basketball Association player, and you guys are nothing. And Chuck Person was the the other. Oh, I wouldn't have got Chuck. I forgot about Chuck Person. Chuck Person, who once got hurt. I'm not joking. He hurt his back one time. I think it was on takeoff. His plane seat came loose, and he, like, fell oh, backwards or something. That's a, what? That's terrifying. Go- Google the story. That's terrifying. Or it was broken, and he didn't tell him. Wow. He he was he basically the rifle man hurt his back because of a plane seat. Chuck Person, one of the and he was a, he was a pretty big guy too. He was like one of the was, yes. I would say one of the early like big men sniper shooters. Yep. Hell he was of a like shooter. a power forward shooter. The guy. rifle man, yeah. So there yeah. it is. All right, wow. Judge just Doug West. dominating that 1992-93 Wolves trivia here. Uh, if you guys could give Flagrant Howls a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple and Spotify, you can help us keep growing this awesome community of Timberwolves fans who deserve this 19-5 and five start. Damn we'll right. see you guys, Kyle, back tomorrow, and uh, we'll see you then here on Flagrant Howls, your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast.